This show discusses serious and often disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. I myself am strange and unusual. You sick fucks. You seem one too many. Whatever you saw or did <laughs> is no longer my concern. But let's be clear, it won't end well. Uh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. But that's the best part of a burrito. It is the heel. Yeah. He usually saves it. Yeah, save it for an hour. Fight, because then (laughs) I want to eat it, but he just wants to have it for breakfast. Yeah. The reason this is the best part of the burrito is because you take it out the next day and cut it up and throw it in a pan, and then pour eggs on top of it. I just want to have it for breakfast. I just want to be clear that you did not come up with that. Someone had to tell you that because I was there when he told you. Oh, yeah. So that lessens it? You would have figured that out on your own? Huh, no, smart girl? No, I just want to I just want everyone to know that you did not create the scram burrito. <laughs> oh, that's what that is. Yeah, it's yeah. the scram burrito. Scram. Uh, <laughs> I have also heard of pizza omelets where you take leftover pizzas and then you just put it in the omelet Mix and then cook it. Sounds terrifying. That sounds That's, fucking gross, like dude. Bread. <laughs> Apparently, Especially because it the works. bread gets soggy. Yeah, but then at least it... tortilla gets crunchy. Yeah, Not yeah. Really, That's the thing about that. Like you, you take the tortilla off and cut it into strips, and then you fry the strips mm-hmm. in the oil, and you're basically making chilaquiles, mm-hmm. but from a burrito. Yeah. You uh, see, from all. All burritos springs another breakfast. <laughs> uh, so with that, hi, and welcome to What's Wrong With Us, a podcast that asks the question, is simply safe home security a threat to horror plots? <laughs> I'm Jazz. I'm James. I'm also James. I'm Lizzie. And today we're talking about the 2016 Netflix original Hush. Hush is a home invasion thriller written and directed by Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel. Siegel stars as Maddie, an author who also happens to be latently deaf and mute. Maddie and her neighbors become targeted in a cat and mouse game orchestrated by a deranged killer with a crossbow, played by John Gallagher Jr. Throughout the film, Maddie demonstrates that she is a strong and competent character, which leads to her harrowing victory. So I picked this film Um, Because I'm really interested in the representation of persons with disabilities in horror. And tonight, I'm hoping that we can talk about that, along with the ethics of casting and strong female characters in the horror genre. And of course, anything else you guys picked up on. So what do you think? Give me your highs and lows. I (laughs) thought this movie was incredibly tense. I thought it was uh, very well done, like, just in general. I really liked Maddie's performance. Uh, I will say that probably my lows are her peripheral vision stopped working too. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was I frustrating. Mean, huh? <laughs> it's mostly just that. I, I, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Katie Siegel did a great job. Shout outs to her for being a like mainstay of recent horror movies. She's also really good in 
uh, the Netflix series The Haunting of Hill House as the creepy sister that needs to wear gloves all the time. Hmm. The killer, John Gallagher Jr., right? Yeah. Um, the key was great. Uh, he was appropriately menacing. He had this whole thing where, you know, he didn't really matter. Things that you would think would matter didn't matter just because he was, you know, it's a power play and it kind of like drove that point home. Um, Lowe's would be um, kind of how clueless the boyfriend was. Like that whole inter- interaction was a little like crazy and like I think he even like walked around to the side of the house where his wife boy girlfriend whatever uh, his wife's corpse was and didn't notice it yeah rude um Jeez. yeah that was kind of a like that whole interaction was you know a little on rails it's kind of a bummer um I would always notice your corpse <laughs> I, would I can't not promise be that for yours <laughs> uh, I mean I thought it was a really fun movie um <clears throat> I think like considering it had um all of like four actors and like 5 minutes of dialogue and the whole thing like it was really absorbing to watch and you got to give credit for that kind of uh, acting and performing oh, yeah. for Hell yeah. like not actually saying you're just doing it's just all action um there were a couple of moments that frustrated me Mostly because they sus- they sus- suspended my suspension of disbelief. Like she took the arrow out of her leg. Oh, I'm like, yeah. you don't do that. Ooh. You yeah. just leave it in there. Yep. It's hurt. You don't do that for the reason for exactly what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You start bleeding out. Yeah. Yep. Could have prevented it. Um, also, one thing that reminds me of something that I really did like about this movie is that it doesn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. ninety minutes long, and that's all you fucking need. Like it's just. There's no wasted effort oh, in this yeah. movie, totally. yeah. which it, I really appreciated. It gets right to the point, too. And I thought that they did their exposition really well. Mm-hmm. I, I like it that point, too, because it doesn't feel rushed either. It's like when you're in school and you have to write a paper and you're like, how long is my paper supposed to be? And the teacher's like, I don't like page lengths. Just write till you're done. And everyone gets frustrated. But I think that that <laughs> movie just achieved that. They're yeah. just like, we said everything we had to say. We have nothing left to say. And it can happen. This plot has run its course and seen. <laughs> you, you do not have to make seven endings. Yes. You can talk about seven endings. Yeah. And I really liked that. You don't have to make yeah. Them. Oh, I think that was probably my favorite part of the movie how they described her writer's brain and how she goes through all of the possible ways that this situation could end most of them horribly right because that's what i do like every day in my house <laughs> you know, through this whole movie james and i were like yeah i guess we gotta hide a knife in our bathroom and yeah, probably Correct. under the mattress too yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i guess you know? that was one of one of my lows too was i kept on just yelling Pick up the fucking knife. (laughs) Don't leave it there. What are you doing leaving the hammer in the room? No. I get really mad when she was trying to cock the crossbow. And I was like, just use a towel. That's exactly what I yell. Yeah, right. It can't. It's not that you can do it with a towel. They're really. So I was telling Uh, this story. Like the tension's really tight. Yeah. yeah, The tension's hard. I was telling this story when James and I were watching it. And so for some reason, my mother permitted my teenage brother to have a small crossbow (laughs) in his bedroom. And my brother permitted me a 10-year-old child to play with it. 
Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, but like one of the safeties of it That's was it was family. too heavy for me to load mm-hmm. because it was like a thirty pound crossbow or something. I was ten years old. I oh you said yeah, it was and a small crossbow. Yeah, it was little. It was like okay. a hand one. But she was but, like, little could, too. Yeah. But so you also didn't use your foot. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just I could not ever do it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I was really into archery. And I think my parents just liked me to go outside and do something. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me alone already. Go shoot your weapon. Or whatever. (laughs) Um, And that's not entirely true. My dad supervised quite often. But But not all the time. (laughs) (laughs) We yeah, it hurts to use your fingers. We I had one of those like triggers. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. It's like a it's like a little hook, right? mm -hmm, You pull pull it back and you did you have one of those funny gloves that had the like two fingers on it or whatever? I did have one of those too. Yeah, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't make it to the Olympics, and so I quit. Yeah, <laughs> got it. That's a normal reaction. <laughs> um, there were did no you tell your story to somebody that went on to write a young adult fiction post-apocalyptic novel series? <laughs> Not that I know of. Did someone steal my story? <laughs> were, were you hungry? Oh, this was <laughs> this was no game. Ah, yeah. I get it. Really? I'm so wish Susan Collins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, one of the things I liked about this movie a lot is it's really rewatchable because I've seen it a couple of times and I knew exactly how it happened and what happens and when and, and the nice little, you know, finale there. Um, but it didn't ruin the movie by knowing it. It was still it was still really good. Um, some of my lows, which I think we'll get into. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there there are some. They did a weird job with deaf culture and deaf community. Uh huh. Um, I, I sort of I read a blog post by a deaf actress that yeah. sort of spoke a little bit about that. So yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, please. Uh, yeah, the, from what I gathered, the deaf community is not pleased oh. for the most part. Um, yeah. And and it comes back to this idea of representation. And before I go on, this is like my personal responsibility. Um, I just want to let everyone know that I am um, considering um, capital D deaf. And I'm trying really hard to use person first language because people are people before their disabilities. Um, and as an able-bodied person, it is doesn't always come across, but I'm doing my best. And thanks. Um, yeah. And so they made this movie. Lizzie, you kind of picked up on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kate Siegel and Mike Flanagan are a couple. And they wrote this yep. movie together. And one of the reasons they wrote the movie the way they did with uh-huh. the deaf pr- protagonist is they wanted to put themselves in a creative box. And the box they created was a movie that has no dialogue. And so the way they solved the no dialogue problem was to create a deaf and mute character, hmm. which is maybe not the best reason to include a differently able person. <laughs> in a movie. I know, like, we're going to give ourselves a... Uh, something troubling to deal with, right. you know. Um, and then it is inspired from the the Audrey Hepburn film "Wait Until Dark," where oh. in that movie she's blind. I didn't know that. And so that's yeah, she how won they, an Oscar for that, if I remember correctly. She did, and that's how they came to the conclusion that she could um, be a differently able person was <laughs> by saying like, "Well, Audrey Hepburn did it, so we can do it." And then it, in that way, it kind of makes sense that you know Kate Siegel wrote the movie with her husband. She's an actress, so she wants to play the role but um it 
Yeah, it doesn't necessarily feel good. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. And that was sort of the... Um, not the entire gist of the article that I read by, by that other particular actress. But, um, I mean, she definitely, yeah, spoke about how deaf, deaf actors in general are not getting roles that they should be getting, honestly. Um, and it's, it's a pretty serious problem and, and this definitely didn't really help. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a common theme in kind of Hollywood for pretty much fucking ever. Um, right. Going all the way back to fucking John, John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I have uh, a lot of feelings about casting ethics before you know, we get to that. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. right. There's just such a, there's a, like a long history of this being a problem. And I th- think we're all on board. Like, give actors a chance to play the community they, community they represent, you know. And I think one thing that I was thinking of when I was watching this movie, just because this came up, you know, knowing that the actress... Um, is not deaf. But I was thinking about the TV show Baskets. Oh, I don't know that one. I don't oh know my that god. About it. It's uh um Zach Galifianakis plays Oh yeah, I've heard about this show. <laughs> I yeah. still haven't. Oh my gosh, it is <laughs> It's amazing. He, the, he, yeah. Yeah, he he actually plays brothers uh who live in Bakersfield, California. Uh the show the series starts with him coming back from uh going to a French clown college. Okay. He does <laughs> not do speak it? French in the show. So uh, this sounds familiar. It was a problem. Um yeah. <laughs> but he comes back, moves back in with his mother, played by Louis Anderson. Right, right. <laughs> yes, that Louis Anderson. And so like that could be handled really poorly, I think. Um and I bristled at it a little bit at first because you didn't know. want to turn into an, you know, an Eddie Murphy movie. Well, yeah, if you're playing it for comedy, it could be really terrible. And you know, there's, it's hard. So I hear to get an acting job as a middle-aged woman, or sure, that makes you sense. know, and like why I give that role to a fairly notable comedian, but like it works, like yeah. it, it every bit of you know, a question I had falls away so quickly because he's, I mean, I have cried watching him. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Christine nice. Baskets is an incredible character. Yeah. And okay. Lily Anderson plays her incredibly, uh, just touchingly and heartfelt. And it's, and it's awesome. Not to, not to say that like it, you know, people shouldn't be considering this question. They absolutely should be. But I kind of wonder why something like that works, you know, and why it, maybe it wouldn't. I in wonder, other cases, I wonder if it's in the writing, and I don't, I don't yeah. know this. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. like, like if it was written to be a man playing a woman, uh-huh. you know, and and that was kind of the idea. It was going to be like that, um, versus we wrote a differently able person, yeah, just in the script without someone in mind. Yeah, you heard a lot of the same kind of arguments around um, when Scarlett Johansson was playing both. <laughs> Um, Makoto Kusanagi in the uh, fucking Ghost in the Shell movie and then also when she was going to play um, a trans character right. people came out of the woodwork rightfully so to complain about those things yeah you can't you can't do and that's one of the things we watched Euphoria and I was really excited that, that oh yeah that yeah. trans actress um, that was her first yeah her first acting job and she was amazing totally. oh yeah and she I, killed it and i think one of the reasons it's works is because so in the library world we call it own voices 
And it's when, um, specifically when an author is writing a book from their perspective about their perspective. So um, we have a lot of like own voices collections in, you know, transgender literature and Asian American literature and that kind of stuff. And so I think you get the same thing out of acting when the role is written to be a person and you have that person in that role. It's just much more authentic. And it's and it's a real, genuine lived experience. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, totally. I guess, I mean, now that you say that, it, it's like the old adage of write what you know. And anytime I've tried to approach a creative project, that's where you dig from. Otherwise, it's not, it's inauthentic. Yeah, and you just mess it up like yeah you mess it up like how this movie messes up <laughs> lip reading yeah. oh right oh yeah they definitely yeah. play fast and loose with lip I'm reading so angry yes. yeah so um uh, <laughs> okay so angry. Jump on in. hey well let it go I know. let it out let it out gonna let it out you got well, an audience and so it's weird um so i i tread on the border of the deaf community um, because I am not deaf and my family members are not deaf. However, my partner does have some issues with being hard of hearing, um, but he is not necessarily in the deaf She's community. talking about I'm me. I'm talking about James. James can't hear you. Oh, sorry, what? I, I get it now. James can't hear you. <laughs> That's um, right. But we, you know, so we only kind of like tangentially participate in the deaf community. We go to like ASL. Yeah, I mean, straight up, like I'm losing my hearing and I probably will go deaf by the time I'm, you know, Done with 60. this podcast. Um, no, uh, but so, you know, we, so we go to ASL meetups and we try to be like no other people in the community to, to, to kind of dismantle that isolation that occurs. Uh huh. And, um, one of the things I've kind of learned over the years, and I was also at a seminar with a deaf advocacy group that was doing a training for us and they were explaining how lip reading actually works. So lip reading is about 95% mind reading. <laughs> um, so you lip read this and this is my understanding you lip read basically by going into a conversation with someone you know you know their mannerisms of speaking you know the topics you're probably going to talk about you know what current events are and you roughly know their vocabulary so you pick up every you know third to tenth word and you fill in the blanks and that's kind of how lip reading works and and so in this movie, like he walks up, he's like, do you lip read? And it's like, I don't fucking know you. No, I do not lip read for you. Yeah. That article that I read was also like, oh, lip reading from 20 feet away. That's how that works. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, no. Uh, in the dark. Uh, While they're outside. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, uh, but it does try to do some things. It, um, it, it wavers between a couple dialects of sign language, which isn't great. Yep. But it does kind of encompass that idea of there is a lot of dialect in sign language. So James and I speak ASL. And I, I had poorly. to... Totally. We uh, we speak ASL poorly. <laughs> we are not licensed translators. No. <laughs> we can just talk in a loud bar. Um, That's nice, though. It is nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so it resonated with me because there was the part where uh, her friend Sarah comes over and she's talking about the book and she's like, oh, you're a great storyteller. And she does the sign for kissing. Mm-hmm. And then Maddie laughs and she's like, oh, that's the sign for kissing and this is the sign for storyteller. And they look very similar. And so we were in an ASL class. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell it? Um, yeah, so we're in an ASL class and um, 
Remind me of the teacher's name? Mike. Mike, yeah. So the teacher, Mike, was teaching us um, the sign for hungry, which is, you know, I'm not going to do the sign because that <laughs> makes for bad radio. You look it up. It's you look it up. It, Let's just say that you did it. Well, I did, did it. it. You nailed it. It looks great. I get it now. Um, so he was teaching us the sign for hungry and jazz is no he told he just told us the rest of the story did he tell us the rest of the story i thought you did it so no no he just told us you weren't you gotta you gotta be in that class (laughs) um (laughs) bitch i got an a thank you you so much (laughs) i know um but so one of the things in um visual language is there's a lot of emoting with your face and usually if you want to create emphasis you just do the sign like harder or, mm-hmm. or more and um so he told us a story he's like be very careful when you use the sign hungry because some people think if you're very hungry you should just repeat the sign over <laughs> and over again because starving is you have a pit in your stomach and this other sign you're trying to do means horny. Don't do it. <laughs> and it looks horny, and too. it looks super horny. Yeah. You look, <laughs> look like you're up. jerking yourself off. You do. It's yes. Right. Um, so that was, yeah, that was pretty frustrating. And, uh, and I think these are, um, it's they're cute little ways that they show that they did some research. Yeah. But it doesn't make up for what it would have looked like had it actually been a hashtag deaf talent fucking deaf person on set yeah just one right one just for fun you know just consult just just pay a deaf person pay a person with hearing loss um just like any amount of you know someone in the capital d deaf culture any amount of money just to consult on that yeah screen screen the movie anybody you know if you feel like it yep but that story you just told me about your horny sign language <laughs> reminds me of a Italian class I took and <laughs> I just thought it was funny because one of the you know you're familiar with penne pasta yes yeah. if you spell oh. that with one n <laughs> it means <Yeah>. penis <laughs> don't enough. ask for it as at a restaurant unless you're very serious yeah I mean mm. if you're with a bachelorette party Maybe. yeah you well, know you can get penne penne Oh, yeah, there you go. I didn't say either one of those right. My, <laughs> my teacher would have pointed that out. <laughs> I love it. That's much better than the, the off-color jokes fucking Charlie used to tell. We should edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, the owner of Boon Shoe, you have been added again. Yeah, no. <laughs> we no, can cut that whole part. Get cut oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so... I kind of danced around it a little bit, and we brought it up a bunch. Uh-huh. Um, so this goes really deeply to the ethics of casting in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of interesting conversations over the last couple of years about um, just representation of black characters in television and movies and women and all the Oscar conversations. But it's, you know, it's a lot bigger than that, too. Um, so after watching this movie, I went back and watched um, KCET's Lost LA. Uh, there's an it's a PBS affiliate in LA, and they their television show is called Lost LA. And season two, episode three is called The Dream Factory, mm-hmm. and it's all about the creation of Hollywood, 
So James Hong, he's a Chinese actor. He has worked in the movie industry for 66 years and has never had a lead role. (laughs) And he's barely had speaking roles. All of our audience recognizes him from Chinatown, Revenge of the Nerds, Blade Runner, Wayne's World. He's exceptionally... Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, also Big Trouble in Little China. (laughs) He's exceptionally famous. Um, And he had a really good quote that I, I really appreciated. And it was um, because he was talking about his days in central casting. And so for anybody or listeners maybe who don't know, central casting was an establishment down in Los Angeles that basically became the way to cast multicultural extras. It's Hmm. like, oh, you're making a movie about Asia. We'll get a bunch of Asian people to be your extras or a bunch of savages to be in your Wild West film. This is literally what they said. Totally. No, 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 I know. Right. These are their words, words. not yours. (laughs) Just to be real clear about that. And so he talks a lot about, you know, like all these stereotypical presentations of Asian lead characters played by white people and just like how offensive that was. And um, so his quote was, he was really interested in seeing people as not a cliche and rather making them important citizens contributing to America. Well, that sounds nice. That sounds great. Can't people... <laughs> let's do and, that. Yeah, and so I Let's think, do that. But so I think that goes to the idea of, like, if we don't cast deaf actresses to play deaf characters, are we showing that deaf people in the American community play a role? Literally. Like, literally contribute. We, If we don't see them contributing, you know, how are we going to do better at seeing them at all? Did I make it too real? <laughs> no, I'm just internalizing that because it's true. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. Um, would this be a different movie if it was a deaf actress? I don't know. I like, it's hard to say. I they'd like, probably make a couple of different choices because yeah. they'd have direct input from somebody in the community. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't feel, I, I didn't read that blog article, so I can't really speak to what that person was saying. But it doesn't seem like the deaf community was done a disservice no, by yeah, the plot or were. the use of deafness in this movie. No, it was definitely, the blog post was more, she talks about uh, kind of exasperated size and, and sure. speaks a little bit at the end about, yeah, the the lack of representation of, of right. actual Which is super actors. fair. Yeah. Super fair. Not at all something that I'm addressing. What I guess, it's not like they, you know, were disrespectful. No, right. it it wasn't so much about the performance, the blog post, really just, like I said, just kind of... Hey, you could have called any of us. This Literally, you could have called any of us. Yeah. And also, here's some dumb stuff they did. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So imagine they would have done less dumb stuff. Would it have been a better <laughs> movie? Who can say? I yeah. don't know. And, and yeah, Kate Siegel was real close to the script, and she really felt that character's motivation. All right. It was developed jointly, right? Because he wanted her. to film a... Um, like you were saying, he wanted to film a movie without any dialogue, and she wanted to film a movie where with a strong she, woman character with a strong female character, and she they succeeded. Yeah, both yes. those things they succeeded. At. Maddie is a super strong female character. One thing I did kind of roll my eyes at, though, but it's kind of real, is when she was like, "My boyfriend's coming home." Oh. <laughs> it's smart, though. I mean, you it's know? it's like, at least a thing you can throw out there if you're hoping. Yeah, you got to use all your options. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a thing I like about Maddie's character is is she does she goes through yeah. all of her options mm-hmm. and she's very fastidious about you know checking every box to stay alive. And I think that also shows 
and the fact that she doesn't go upstairs until like two thirds of the way through the through the terror. Yeah. You know, she stays downstairs. Because she's role playing every terrible thing that could happen. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Which is what keeps me up at night sometimes. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like, oh, were you about to go to sleep? Please think about this. <laughs> yeah. No, don't. Do you hear that outside your window? Who was that? So, you know, equally as much as I want to see like good representation of differently able people in movies, um, because that is like a thing I am very interested in overall. Um, I, I'm also very interested in seeing strong female characters mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. horror has a really bad rap of, you know, making really shitty, weak, boring female protagonists. Yeah. And I would say as a final character, Maddie's one of my top three. She's she's my top three final girl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we probably have the same girl. As we have the exact girl. same top three. Yeah. Wait. My, do we what, have the exact what? same top three? Who are your top three? My top three are in order. Aaron from It's Next, or from Your Next, Jay from It Follows, and then Maddie from Hush. Yeah, I think like one and two. Yeah, that's probably the same for me. Like Aaron, Aaron in Your Next, uh, Sharni Vinson, I think is the actress that plays her, and she is so fucking good. She does exactly everything you want a final girl to do, and is just aggressively competent and then Jay mm-hmm. and it follows is great um, equally competent equally competent but in a very different way um, yeah I think yeah I think Maddie cracks the top three for this because she's really resourceful yeah I thought it was pretty cool that she wrote died fighting as she was leaving clues on her right on surprisingly her. Uh, emotional moment right yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. Was really typing beautiful. things out on the computer I was like nice let yeah. him know. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. I did scream at the TV a little bit at that part. I was like, go take his picture. Just go take his picture. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Turn on the photo booth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then just like, FaceTime someone. Chuck no, you can't. Get that video rolling. Thing. Yeah. Just do it. So yeah. do you guys oh, have? You just leave uh, the video rolling. Yep. Yeah, because oh, I guess the description was pretty vague. White yeah, it was guy. Vague. Five it was a white guy with a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, literally anybody in the Bay Area at that point. Um, yeah, do... his tattoo was really bad though. The shitty ass tattoo. Upset with it. It's a very bad tattoo. Uh, well, so his character, what's up with him in general? Oh yeah, no you that know? his mask. That mask was fucking great. It also looked like he made it. Yeah, totally. Ew. Which is yeah, that's a special kind it, of it creepy. Was, yeah, it looked like at first it was like. Mm, that could be some kind of weird dried skin thing, or mm-hmm. it could be paper mache. Like it almost looked like know, a like, failed like clay project. Yeah, something. I was like, <laughs> oh, he's a failed weird. artist. He's a failed ceramicist. <laughs> yep, I see. I see. He what makes the ceramics during the here. week, and he goes out to the woods and murders people during the weekend. How you do? I, Just I mean, a normal way <laughs> that people blow off steam. Especially if you make ceramics. <laughs> I, I have nothing against ceramicists. Hey, I don't do that. I don't mess with that. <laughs> I'll fuck with that shit. That's hard. Yeah, Lizzie draws the line there. <laughs> uh, I have dabbled, but I'm worse than a failed ceramicist or a failed artist ceramicist because I failed at ceramics. No, no. I just, I'm, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just remember everybody in the ceramics class in my high school making bongs. 
Duh. was oh. like, oh, we're going to make a flower pot that has a long stem and a round base. And it has a hole here. And a it just here. happens Wait, to have what? like this little design around the side of it. Well, you got to drain that water somehow, right? From yeah, 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 totally. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I really, yeah. really, really like community's representation of ceramic class. And no how... ghosting. <laughs> no yeah, ghosting. they didn't talk very much about bongs in community. They really didn't. The ghosting, for sure. Yeah. And then Tony Hale kills it as a ceramics teacher. Oh, yes. So good. Oh, <laughs> perfect. I, really I mean, just like all the guest actors on that show, yeah. fucking kill I mean, it. just really everybody, everybody on that show, that entire show. show kills it. Six yes. seasons in a movie. Where's, Where's my, my movie? community movie? Dan Harmon. Where is my community movie? Dan Harmon on blast. If you're listening, movie, you know you are. Yeah. Because you are so egotistical and self-centered, and <laughs> someone said your name, Dan Harmon. Somewhere, Dan Harmon's ears are see, burning. <laughs> if you see Dan Harmon three times, does he appear? <gasps> is Dan Harmon Beetlejuice? Only one way to find out. Let's not do it now. We'll have to. We'll, we'll do it later. We'll ready. turn I'm off all prepared. the lights. We're, we're, yeah. no, we're cutting right here and doing it. We'll tell you guys. Uh, <laughs> no, on we're going to have a sleepover. No, Rob, and we're going to play Dan Harmon. Yeah. And not leave. Yeah, if you do it wrong, Shrub shows up. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he doesn't leave ever. Aww. Shrub. <laughs> Be nice to Rob Schraub. So, yeah. Guys, when I go on Harmontown, <laughs> it's going to get weird. <laughs> I think we just invited ourselves. Let's do it. I think that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that... that uh, He's unnamed. He's the yes, man. Yes, the man. Um, yeah, I couldn't decide if he's just like a hunter that snapped or like a rapist that respects personal boundaries. So, I mean, a thing that I, I read in the IMDb trivia section, which, you know, take it or leave it. Who knows? 100% truthful because it's illegal to lie on the internet. We've that's talked true. about this. That's true. Uh, they mentioned that in sort of the, towards the beginning of the movie, when they sort of pan over her books, they show Stephen King's Mr. Mercedes, which uh-huh. apparently is about a psychopath, like killer who doesn't have any actual motive and so that was sort of, um, I guess, in, in their brain as they were writing it. Um, and it, it said that uh, the director, the husband, blanking on his name. But anyways, he is apparently a huge Stephen King fan. And so <laughs> huh. that's probably where some of the motivation came from. Just uh, a killer who... For I no mean, reason. yeah, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he didn't seem to have any motive other than just wanting to he, fucking murder people. Yeah, he's just yeah, having totally. fun, and it, it had like slasher callbacks in that way. Yeah, but it didn't feel like a slasher film. No, yeah. I mean, it, I really, I felt like it felt like a slasher film. Like, I, mean, yeah. I guess there was, it you know, it was be. closer to a home invasion film, of course, but You're I right. think um, he didn't stack a body count high enough for it to be a true slasher movie. Yeah, he, he had a weird a, mask, though. He did have weird masks. He did. That's true. Yeah, he, he was like weirdly unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, he he didn't have a body count. He reminded me like less of, you know, like a Michael Myers character, and more like that. Um, oh shoot, that guy in Australia who killed a bunch of people. Yeah, that like Wolf Creek is made after. He he did uh, did remind me kind of like, um, and because he was just like a weirdo. He was like a yeah. weird Vietnam vet. Who and not that Vietnam people first language. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He was a weird person who was also in Vietnam, (laughs) 
And um, and so he just got like really weirdly obsessed with guns and just like liked guns and killing things and just thought it would be the ultimate sport to hunt human. And <laughs> he did that with a bunch yeah. of like to hunt long pig. Yeah. 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 No, the most I, dangerous game. Yeah, I totally yeah. feel like he was more of like a real life ser- serial killer in its like unfathomable reasons. Like yeah. there's a handful of them that are like, oh, sexually motivated but this guy just seemed like i don't know he just wanted to kill people and that's something i i super super respect about this movie is this movie um allows maddie just like keep all of her dignity in that way like she's not sexualized at all Mm -hmm. even when she takes her pants off to like clean the arrow wound which we all agree was stupid thing to do yeah don't but at least when she does it it's like not sexy that she takes her pants off she's happens to take her pants off a little bit and that's fine um she had to get to her arrow wound her arrow wound that she shouldn't well, why don't you tie that <laughs> off like you tourniquet that don't you like she well, kind of did upset about that she did after she put her pants back on yeah whatever yeah. yeah well and this also goes back to the thing i was saying the other day um when we were talking about green room and that being like a like home invasion movies have this weird aspect of like you're in your house so you can get all the things you need uh-huh um, and so I, I guess I like that she was like, oh, I'll go to my bathroom and clean this out now yeah. because this is what I need to do. And um, I do I do appreciate, you know, taking home invasion movies in the home. You know, I was hoping for a secret bottle of vodka, though. <laughs> At least, right? Secret mm-hmm. handle of vodka. Just something. Yeah. You know, I gotta do it. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like how strong she is. It's And it's this, like, interesting thing. So... In that same um, KCET episode I was watching, the mm-hmm. first half is all about female directors in early Hollywood and how female directors... And it's that same kind of own voices thing where um, the early stages of video media and, and you know film media were considered like low class and for working people and like the immigrant poor. And so when Hollywood wanted to get some credibility they thought that meant they needed to appeal to women because women would um, give the film cultural legitimacy. And so to do that, they like created a whole bunch of like, or they invited a whole bunch of female directors and screenwriters who got really famous. And so Lois Weber is like one of the people who built Hollywood. And so one of her first movies is actually a really cool movie called Suspense, which is a home invasion movie. It's a silent home invasion movie. Whoa, and a, awesome. And a woman is home alone with her baby <laughs> and, like, has to deal with, like, attackers. <laughs> um, Interesting. I thought of another silent movie related to our green room conversation. But I guess maybe I shouldn't talk about it right now. <laughs> well, I mean, why oh, not? Okay. No, it. I mean, you were just, like, throwing out the idea that maybe it was a little bit Nazi propaganda. Yeah. Sure. And, and I was just, like, thinking about... Um, birth of our birth of a nation. Oh yeah, and how that re- caused the resurgence of the KKK after, you know, in the what twenty yeah. early twentieth century. Basically. Yeah, and well, I mean, the KKK was also the the largest civic organization in the country at that time when that movie was made. Huh. But there it, was a it, time when, like, I forget the statistics from my history classes, but um, the KKK was 
you know, a huge organization. And that's yeah. part of the reason why that movie was so popular. But yeah. I do remember there was a moment, like, after that movie was made, because there was a while that KKK was still, like, a big organization, but maybe they were a little more like a Knights of Columbus, like, civic group. <laughs> and then after Birth of a Nation, it became... No, I remember... No, I'm, I'm just laughing at the absurdity of it. <laughs> no, you know? it yeah. was. Yeah. And there, there was a whole, like, amount of time when the KKK was, like, silly. And, yeah, and That's all and then it got a little more racially sure. charged yeah. and like moved back into white supremacy. Yeah, around Birth of a Nation, around the time when white supremacy started being threatened. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Well, I, I haven't actually seen the movie, but just that I think that reputation speaks to the power of cinema to give a voice to something that's like. I mean, I consider the KKK to be pretty close to neo Nazis. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Pretty much indistinguishable. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. I don't know if Green Room does it, but still, like, power of influence and all. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that. I think that's not off topic from that kind of idea of, like, who are you making movies for and who are you mm-hmm. representing in movies right. and, like, own voices kind of thing. So if a bunch of, like, shitty fucking racists made Breath of a Nation for a bunch of other shitty fucking racists... Mm-hmm. You know, and so then today, what's our responsibility? And and I think in some ways, this movie Hush kind of like moves the needle in a slightly more positive way, even though, you know, Katie Siegel didn't write and direct the movie first credit. Yeah. She was really heavily involved in it and made sure that Maddie was like a really competent, strong female character and like speaks really well, the like strong female roles and, and, you know, kind of delivers the horror back to the idea that the victim isn't just like some meat bag with tits. Like it's, it's like a real competent human. And, and I think that makes the movies a lot better. I, I like watching movies where the final girl is like really smart and strong because there's something to watch. Yeah. The stakes are there at least, you know, and, despite its um, flaws in representation, it still is a pretty strong woman character. Mm-hmm. And she uses what little she has and in terms of being like trapped <laughs> in a house. Yeah. And she gets she gets the upper hand in a pretty clever way. Yeah, that's really smart. Um, and, and I like that the same thing, like the, a lot of the other movies we've looked at, it has a good bookend, right? It starts with you know the thing that turns out to happen at the end so in this you know in green yeah it's the sharpie and this one it's the fire alarm Mm -hmm. like it it has really good you know through and throughs and i think that's i think it's a thing that happens in other films but i almost feel like it's required in good horror i don't know and maybe we'll think about that more as we continue to create our you think the pattern is required in good horror i i i don't know it's I not- think it's I think um it's a hallmark of good storytelling um you know to kind of have it not necessarily bookend it maybe as obviously as you know these two movies did um but to you know have those kinds of themes um on a refrain throughout your story is the sign of a good story right yeah i mean you just need to have something to anchor it anchor the story i mean besides like her disability besides her being alone besides this tension just something that brings the audience back around something that keeps you engaged because you might look for it 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the thing we do when we watch horror movies is we look for those cues because we're taught to look for them. Mm-hmm. And whether we're looking for like our red herring or the monster in the closet or the whatever, <laughs> I think the, you know, when we're given like those Chekhov's fire alarms, like we do pay attention to them. Yeah. Chekhov's fire alarm. Um, <laughs> I did one thing that this movie did that I really did appreciate was, um, you know, it's a, the, it played with the tropes of horror movies in an interesting way, while it like remained true to them for the, remained true to them for the most part, while also kind of playing with them and subverting them in a couple of places, specifically with the boyfriend, right, where he was like he shows up and he's like this big guy, and you think, oh yeah, this is some this is going to go a certain way. I've seen horror movies before, um, and then it subverts it by having her fuck it up. Yeah, the having her fuck it up part was yeah. was good because you knew who was gonna get get got killed yeah i mean that because it but also that trope goes both ways right like there's the there's the huntsman trope in you know storytelling where he shows up and kills the big bad wolf but it's also just as often horror movies that they show up and just get the shit murdered out of him yeah but when i was a kid i could see how many pages were left and now i see that there's still 45 (laughs) minutes yeah (laughs) i i really liked it when the neighbor's boyfriend showed up yeah john was good yeah you kind of see him outsmart him a little but then you just like he gets knife in the throat. Fucking Maddie, just ruining Fuck. it. <laughs> How rude! Yeah, that, that scene also reminded me uh, about distrusting cops. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't just flash a light in my face and expect me to trust you, right? Like, oh yeah, you showed up at this house. You're not in any kind of uniform. Like, right? You don't- <laughs> Have you any have, indication of being a cop? Like, oh, you've got a flashlight. Yes, just you're not even holding a gun, but you're in like gun stance. You have yeah, a shitty exactly. mustache, right? <laughs> and a and shitty a tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. Are you allowed to have a neck tattoo as law enforcement? I have no idea. I bet there's. I bet I there's, there's some guys rule. who who do. They're the cool cops. The cool cops. I don't think that haircut uh, was regulation, though. There's no. no such thing as a cool cop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We made that clear. Yeah, no, no cool cops. <laughs> Uh, and I think this movie, James, is why you thought John was kind of like a derby character. It's because he just like blows it so hard through the whole interaction. John? The boyfriend. Oh, yeah. That's his. Because uh, I, I was confused because that's also the name of the actor that plays the killer. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. John is played by uh, Michael Trucco. Yeah. Um, Trucco? Uh, Trucco? Uh, Sorry, uh, bro. Battlestar Galactica thing. Who is he in Battlestar Oh, wait, really? He was. Some guy. Uh, Anders or whatever like he was one of the he was a relatively main character it's been a long time since I watched that show but I was like I know this fucking guy <laughs> so I looked it up and yeah he was like I think he was one of the one of the humans that ended up being Cylons like he was one of the yeah the maybe it's dudes. because he had a shaved head in that is, I, in, I don't think he uh, I think he looked fairly similar in Battlestar Galactica yeah I, on, I did not place him at all on him, uh, when I saw him show up in this movie um, but yeah, he do, he was totally derpy. Like the the guy, he's not the, the killer's not armed at all at this point, right? When uh, the boyfriend confronts him, right? And like he drops the his he drops his like wife's necklace or it was whatever. An earring. It was a minute into the conversation, but yeah, it drops the earring. At any rate, boyfriend drops uh, killer drops his wife's earring. And he doesn't immediately... It raises suspicion, but not as much as it should. Not as much as it should have. Not in, like, any kind of way. And it takes him another couple of minutes to, like, kind of set up a situation where you would, like, 
where he could have maximal advantage. Like you, he had a couple of opportunities before then to really kind of go for it. And I think that would be a red flag. If somebody, if I walked into, if I didn't find, if I couldn't find my wife, yep. Just supposing I had a wife what? and I couldn't find her. <laughs> um, and there was some guy Did who was acting really weird. Who are you? Hypothetical scenario. Hypothetical scenario. Um, <laughs> yep. And they dropped something personal. And really intimate, like an earring. Like an earring. Yeah. I guess mine like yours, my, yours, mine it's, don't count. Yours don't count because they're huge. But um, <laughs> There would be no question. If it, yeah, be I'd be like, oh, why do you have that? There yeah. is no good reason for you to have that. I need to stop you. And murder you. And murder you. Yes. Accurate response. Yeah. Like, oh, you need to use my phone? Okay, let me just dial 911 really quick. Yeah. And also, oh, how the fuck do you think that guy is a sheriff? Just any kind like, of law enforcement. Like, it's bright, whatever. Like, it's not even the right kind of flashlight. It's not the right kind yeah. of flashlight. He's wearing, like, a hoodie from American Apparel. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> he, he's got to have blood all over him. He was right, like, the flashlight, Sarah's body around. The, yep. the, the, like the, uh, the flashlight notwithstanding. Like, sure, I, I buy that, like, if somebody charges out of the woods, like, w- pointing a flashlight at you, you could, and, like, saying, and talking like a cop, you would instinctively... Take a minute. Take a minute, because if it is a cop and you do act sketchy, you get fucking shot, because this is America. Yeah. Um, yes. So... Sure, but the moment they lower the flashlight and they're wearing a fucking hoodie <laughs> and wanting nah. to use your phone, and they need to use your phone, no, yeah, oh, no. what do you call it too? Like a 7-Eleven? So he some dumb. Yeah, code. he made up numbers, but also like because at least you, like I know like a two eleven is a breaking and entry, and like at least you do that one. Yeah, but a Seven Eleven is therapy. Uh, it's a uh, chain of uh, <laughs> convenience stores. Also, how many plainclothes officers are there out in the middle of the woods? Not a ton. Not a ton. Not a ton, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. Plainclothes officers just investigating uh, B&E calls. Yeah, how you do. Yeah, totally. That's how that works. On foot. Yeah, no car. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, all this. Oh, totally reasonable. Pants out. (laughs) I mean, the the killer kept calling John like a dumb jock. They kind of made him one. You know. Yeah. Well, he was doing a good job. He was. He I, was I doing like fine. He was really but... trying to size up the situation. Yeah. I disagreed. Like I felt like he was trying to size up that yeah. situation. He was doing the like, I'm white and you're a cop, and Let's this is talk fine about for me. This. Let's just yeah. figure out what's happening. I have no reason to not believe you because I'm a big white man. He tried to dis- <laughs> He tried to and be like, oh, oh, go get the key in the flower yeah. box or and it wasn't until he as soon as he dropped the earring he's like oh fuck you but then mm-hmm. to me i was like well you don't know if this guy is armed like and he was he had a knife mm-hmm. in his pocket you know and so you're just trying to like feel out that situation to figure out because i don't think he wanted to kill him you know he just wanted to like figure out how to navigate that situation incapacitate him and figure out where his dead wife was yep yeah it was around the corner she was dead <laughs> over there she was dead yeah no take backsies. Yeah. <laughs> Just like John. Just like John. Maddie really fucked that one up. Way yeah. to go, Maddie. Uh, Maddie well, blew I mean, it. Thanks, guys. I was like really enjoying that movie and you <laughs> tore it apart for me. Uh, I, still I think it. I think I need another beer for that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. 
you know, I may have been doing the tearing apart, but hey, any excuse for another beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Payback for 28 days later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'll drink to that. <laughs> and then James paybacked himself. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, James paybacked himself. He is covered in beer. James was. And he's going to drive home. James was very and amateur some- <laughs> ASL hungry. <laughs> covered in beer, going to drive home, and another beer uh, popped open in my face. Woo! Woo! Doing great. Um, but. I'm biking. I don't. I, I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Bui, baby. <laughs> Woo. Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> James is not bad. like that. It's no, all bad. It's like you were trying to do the Chuck Deuce joke. I did the Chuck Deuce joke. The, Everyone. Next heard thing it. you know, Bui, brah. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't done more voices on our podcast yet. We haven't outed you as I'm like not a. a Fucking performing monkey. Thank you very <laughs> much. You're a voice actor. Like, you no, you're not. You don't have a fucking calliope or whatever. Uh, what was that word? Look it up. <laughs> no, you're my husband. Tell me what it means. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the as we kind of like look a little deeper at it. So I do, I do still like this movie for the th- reasons they've said. But um, as you kind of like dove into it a little more, especially with that Stephen King point out i realized that i think this movie was maybe just like a creative exercise because they wanted Mm -hmm. to make a movie so they put without dialogue so they put themselves in a box and found their way out of a box with you know a, a hearing impaired character and then now that they had that they don't know what to do with her so they're like let's just let her get killed remember that that serial killer has no motive let's just do that and they found their way out of the box with that that kind of bumps me out um the alternate ending that i propose okay because i I, I, mean, I like, I like when we do this yeah i like the way it ends but i really thought it could work if she died that she pulled out her cell phone and replied to her her ex-boyfriend and just said fuck you craig That'd be good. <laughs> Fuck you, Craig. Also, um, just a side note, I almost would have been fine if she died because she named her cat Bitch. Well, uh, that I, really, rules. I really appreciated mm, she named her cat fan. Bitch because our cat's a bitch. I mean, yeah, I, we really? also have a You Persian. had a problem with that? Because I, I love the fact that but her that cat, cat was a bitch. But that cat saved her. That cat was a nice cat. I like Seemed that like cat. a nice cat. It was a nice I, cat. It's like you call your cat a bitch. You don't name your cat a at bitch. Just... Bitch, like what? I, I mean, don't know. I was. I call my cat way worse things than bitch. Oh, no, me too. On the regular, really don't, again, you, actually, you I call really them don't. that, but they've still got names, guys. We don't. We don't call our cat bitch. We just call our cat. God damn it! Yeah, cat, you yeah. fucking asshole. That's what I yell at my cat. Yeah, all the time. she's most often a knock that asshole. shit off. As far as I'm concerned, all of our cats are just named Cat. Yes, because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I yell. Four. You have four cats <laughs> or Pippin. Or Pippin. You you yell Pippin at all at pretty much all of them. <laughs> if you're bothering me, you're Pippin. Yeah, I don't exactly. know which one's Pippin. Is she's that the tabby? The fluffy one. She's the one. fluffy, oh, one. The fluffy yeah. one. Totally. I, she's actually my favorite. I like yes. the fluffy one a lot. She's she's become the least annoying one. <laughs> Anyways. So well, but so I thought I thought the naming that cat bitch was believable because that cat was a smush faced Persian. And, and they're Persians all are evil cats. They're very mean. I know because I have a Persian, and she's very mean. Oh, but it's Fancy Feast. <laughs> it's fancy feast. 
I just feel like she's a writer. Like she's talking about how she comes up with like seven different endings. Maybe and it's Craig's bitch is cat. the name that you. I guess that's well. Maybe, maybe. maybe that's they believable. got the cat like right before they broke up to like save the relationship. <laughs> and the cat didn't really have a name or had a shitty name. Like, yeah, the cat was named and, Oscar or something. Yeah, and, and then, then Craig was like, I can't have cats in my new apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm leaving the cat here. Yeah. yeah. And then I think that's she's how like, the cat all right, bitch. Do whatever. Because she has some serious problems with Craig. Can we, like, unpack that a little bit? Yeah. But, I, was, uh, I don't know what happened there. A yeah. year later. Yeah. I, I wonder... Th- I mean, it's nice to like give someone um, a story, you know, like, oh, I'm a well, I'm a rounded person. I have a history and blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. it didn't really do anything for for the, the movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I felt like the sister was fine enough. Yeah. yeah I think it, it was, you know, it was there so she could have that conversation and the guy could know that she didn't have a boyfriend. I think that's why Craig was there. Yeah. That, that seemed to, yeah. that's basically the, the vibe that I got was just. It was just to show that there was once a guy, and now there isn't. There is no guy. She's a lonely, you know, spinster. <laughs> like, yeah. She's just a creative. They do so keep... a lonely spinster. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know spinster fits on your knuckles? That's a good... <laughs> it's a good knuckle tattoo. It's a good thing to know. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I... I almost want like Craig to be the murderer. So I think about the one <laughs> boyfriend I had that was bothering me a year later, and uh, he had to stop bothering me because I got a restraining order. That's good. Like, why yeah. does your boyfriend keep bothering you a year later if it's too if it's so bad that you don't want to talk to them? Well, he did he bother her because like I think she yeah she called him right away or he called her first. Did he? I thought that she like. Well, he, oh, texted. he texted. He texted, he texted her, and he was like, was. "Hey, thinking of you." And she was yeah. like, Ugh. "Hey, you up?" And she's and like, she's like, "Yeah, you. no, nobody wants your trash dick." Get but out then, of here. but then she called him. <laughs> like she called him and hung yeah. up. She's like, not like all. Ugh, no. She let it ring just long enough that it showed up on his phone, and then he right. called her like three times, and like that level of uh, it's creepy, just slight obsession. Yeah, it, it definitely. Creepy. Once the guy showed up with a mask, I was like. Oh, this is definitely no, Craig, Craig, right? It's gotta yeah. be Craig. Yeah. It's gotta be Craig. Not well, Craig. But it was I, not Craig. No, I totally Craig's. thought it was gonna be Craig, but like he didn't know that she was hearing impaired, you know? It took her it took him a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. You're right. They yeah, and, and aside from her losing all of her peripheral vision and not <laughs> feeling the door open mm-hmm. when she put her coat on like two seconds later. Not yeah. feeling the door open, I don't remember that part. Well, because he like opens the door and that's how he like yeah. He oh, yeah. No, he like sneaks her. in through the open door. Totally. Um, and, like, but doesn't, he doesn't like, even feel sneak the in. He just walks in. Yeah. Like doesn't feel the breeze change. I mean, I can feel someone like walking behind me without hearing them. Plus all the vibrations from Sarah just like Smashing. slamming on yeah. the window. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't she like be like Cassandra. daredevil? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, well, so it's, why isn't she daredevil? <laughs> well, and so that's the other thing I like about the way they represent um, a hearing impaired character is they don't make her a superhero and they don't like exotify her in any way. Yeah. But they do like go a little overboard to uh, what's the thing you, you say in video games? Nerf her? <laughs> nerf her a little too hard? Yeah, they hit her with the nerf bat a little too hard. Games. Wait, what's a nerf? I know. It's it, when it they just, make the character not as good. It, yeah, it, they weaken them. Like they, oh. they, they really... turn a regular bat into a nerf bat. Yes. Oh, is that what it means? I mean, 
I I mean, it's like squishy, you know, like they they become soft and and not as not as effective, not as effective as they once were. Yeah. So so on the one hand, like they don't over exotify her and they don't and they don't give her like the weird because they're like, oh, you lose one sense. Your other ones get heightened. It's not real. (laughs) It's not real. It's not how it works. But but they also like maybe go a little too far the other direction with it. Yeah, I will say the the blog post that I read with that by the the deaf actress was like the that's fuck. specifically what she pointed out was like she didn't see anything out of her peripheral vision. She didn't feel any vibration or anything from like Nothing. someone running up the wooden stairs, oh, yeah, 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 and banging on the glass of her of her house, and then like you know the cold air of the door being open. Yeah, she that actress pointed it out. So that's. Yeah, she had a lot was of like, normal sensory opportunities that they just ignore. Yeah. And they just try, try to chalk it up to her, like, being hearing impaired. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you're just like, God damn it. Not not good, guys. Right. <laughs> try, try harder. One. One deaf consultant. One. That's <laughs> just all you need. one. Just but a singular human. I will say in the very beginning when she's cooking, I was like, man, it would be hard to cook without, like, being able to hear, like, the yeah. onion sizzle. Or I cook by hearing a lot for yeah. sure. Well, I also cook by smelling a lot too. Yeah. But it yeah. seems like she was like, I'm not very good at cooking. And her he, gravy she was gross. She was following yeah. a recipe which Sorry. Totally like a I think it's a kind Do you of think a, she like lived in this newbie. maybe they're like upstate New York and she's just used to living in Manhattan and ordering everything in? I mean <laughs> I I definitely was like <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand people who don't cook, honestly. Um I, I was just like you're you're a person who is deaf and mute and lives in uh in the woods by choice in a cabin by like in a house by yourself by choice like <laughs> I feel just... like you should be better at these things <laughs> like it, like yeah, I like mean does she order out all the that. time like I Well it seems like she was making like an elaborate meal for herself Oh and for you know, oh, yeah. for Sarah you're just, right you're right was she was making her. something no, it was for Sarah was coming over. No, no, because Sarah texted she her just and she's like, up. can I come over? But yeah. remember, she was like, uh, she's like, like that's right. I don't yeah, know what right. like, on fire yet. Yeah, totally. I don't know what meat that was, but it was like it two was lamb, ribs or something. Yeah, it looked like rack of lamb or something. For yeah. one. For one. Yeah, it was extensive. I mean, you, <laughs> she was one, hungry. Like, the I mean, her rack of lamb, or, you know, it could have been French. It could have been like, you know, about that big with like three ribs on it. Like, you could take down one or two of those. I believe it. I I just I thought it was an appropriate amount of food for one person, but yeah. it seemed like a lot of preparation for one person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes sometimes you go all out. You know. That's, is like, this where we get sponsored by like like Hungry Root or something? Or one of those? <laughs> Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Yeah. yeah whatever. Um, I don't like don't any of that. Crap. I'm, I'm cool not being. Yeah, that. I'm good with that. I'm, We're geez. fine. Let's get sponsored by Cook for Yourself. Yeah. yeah, let's get sponsored by Pablo's. We All Have Residual Cooking Trauma classes. for Working in the Service Industry. <laughs> yes. Or like if you want to eat cheap, just learn how to make a damn stir fry. Everything yeah. is stir fry. Everything is content. Uh-huh. And with that. Yeah. So um, thanks for pandering on all that with me and ruining <laughs> a movie I like. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did we ruin the movie? No, we didn't ruin it. We poked a lot of holes in it that I, uh, I didn't. I thought the movie was going to hold up a little better. But I think it, it's a great movie. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. And I think that there, I like a lot of horror movies that have okay. gaping plot holes in That's them. That's fair. Well, oh, then tell man. me your final thoughts. Um, I don't know. Um, 
that I think that kind of is my final thought. Like I think this movie's fine. Like it's taut. It doesn't st- overstay its welcome. Um, I would probably hate this movie a lot more if it was a half an hour longer. Yes. Yes. If they tried movie- to like shoehorn more like relationship stuff or something. It didn't matter. Oh, maybe Craig shows up or but it's like I don't fucking care and yeah. I don't have time for it. The killer talks to Craig on the phone uh, when he calls or something. Yeah, yeah that would some be stupid. Dumbass really shit dumb. like that. Like nobody cares. Yeah. Um. It's a you know it's a home invasion movie like with slasher movie trappings, just let it be that, <laughs> and they did and that's fine. Um, there are some plot holes like there's a lot of plot holes in movies I like. Um, so yeah, I think it was fine. There's I like Katie Siegel. Uh, Mike Flanagan has done lots of good things. Has he? Yeah, know. let me look up his filmography he did for you. Oculus. Yeah, I mean, Oculus is bad, but lots Oculus of horror movies are bad. Um, yeah, he did Oculus. That movie was terrible. And he did some movie called Ouija 2. No, thank you. And, <laughs> and so, That's bad. And so this is kind of the difference. Um, so this was a Blumhouse production. He also did Gerald's Game. That movie was only kind of okay. And he he did um, the uh, Haunting of Hill House TV series. Also he, only kind of okay. He what? also uh, directed one episode of A Hog's Gone Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. So it, lots of uh, great things. It's a basically. classic, let lots me tell you. So I don't hate this guy. Like, he's not my least favorite, but like, I'm not impressed. This is the best movie he's made, in my opinion. And, and it's a Blumhouse film, and I'm not super in love with that production company. They're just not... They're not A24. Sorry, he edited that. Who he is A24? Who is A24? Can we just have only A24 films for the rest of ever? No, because that's how you get Disney. That is true. Uh, okay. Other uh, final thoughts? Uh, I pretty much said my share. <laughs> uh, Nothing to add, really. No, no. no. I guess, uh, so the, the one other thing that didn't really fit anywhere is there, because I've said eight or seven times on this episode <laughs> that I'm interested in films that have representation of people, differently abled people. Um, and part of that is I am interested on in seeing how directors get out of the box with that. But I want to see them do it authentically. And so I feel like we've had a bunch of movies that try to put themselves in that box recently. So we had Bird Box, Don't Breathe, Shape of Water, and Quiet Place, which are all pretty terrible. They all blew it, in my opinion. Um, even well, though I really like Quiet Shape of Place, doesn't necessarily. Do, is anybody disabled in a Quiet no, Place? No, but it's trying no. to do. No one's disabled in Shape of Water either. Uh, isn't isn't the main actress? Yeah, isn't she supposed to be. She's yeah. mute? I think she's mute or deaf. She's, I forget. She's mute from an injury. I don't know. I don't know if she's not deaf. She's hard she's of hearing. Not, no, she's not. Because I they did hear that. that movie. She is not. She's not? Because that is why I was so excited to see uh, Shape of Water because for me, I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to see a super authentic um, deaf character. She's mute. With, with yeah, she's, she's mute, mute from an injury, which they later try to say is like because she got hit by the lagoon uh, monster earlier as a child. Uh, yeah, the, so, yeah, the first sentence of the Wikipedia page says was found abandoned as a child by the side of a river with wounds on her neck, is yeah. mute and communicates through sign language. Yeah, thought, that one. I thought yeah. there was like a whole thing that uh, John that, Krasinski was building a thing for her to hear. Oh, you're better. talking about. I, I was talking about Shape of Water. You're oh, no, about I was talking place. about a quiet place. Sorry. Oh, quiet place. Yeah, I think there is a. Um, yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like his kid or something. <laughs> yes. Maybe? And then uh, yeah. I'm not confused all of a sudden. Which that's okay. Fine. Yes. There you go. We yeah. Wrong argument. <laughs> you were like, wrong wait, I don't remember the monsters yeah. in a quiet place. I was like, motherfucker. Uh, I don't remember that. We I just guess made a whole new movie, guys. It was kind of a lagoon monster. I mean, they're making a sequel. Who knows what's going to happen? They're making a sequel to a quiet place. They sure are, and I think it's got Killian Murphy actually. That's really dumb. Is I really really John Krasinski involved with it? Like, I think he might be directing it. So upset that John Krasinski has to listen to an iPod with his partner every fucking thing he does. <laughs> it wasn't that cute. No. <laughs> uh, they, the- they are making A Quiet Place 2 and it's not a sequel to the original. It's uh, just focusing on another group of people. Dumb. The yeah. concept's not that good. No, it's not. <laughs> and so all those well, movies... It's, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's a concept, like, relating it back to this movie, A Quiet Place is a movie that overstays its fucking welcome. Like, if you're making a sequel to it, like, does it's, there are monsters that are attracted by sound. That's a great, like... I don't need a sequel. I don't need a series. Not everything has to be a fucking fandom only, nowadays. Only, I mean, I liked I liked what they did with Cloverfield. But I also really, really enjoyed. Sure, but the first, <laughs> the first two, I, the like Cloverfield the and one? the one with John Goodman. Yeah, that was which wasn't yeah. going to be a so fucking Cloverfield not script going to be a Cloverfield until he movie. rewrote it. Exactly. Oh. And my point is that like. Not everything needs to be a fucking shared universe. Right. Yeah. Like it I don't need the fuck I don't need 17 movies in the quiet place cinematic universe. We it, <laughs> We're we not really Marvel. don't. I it's don't like, fucking need it. We I, don't need 17 Jason movies. You know I what don't. I, mean? I don't but need I like 17 those. fucking Marvel movies either yeah. for that matter. <laughs> yeah. I I will say just on the the topic of you know overstaying its welcome, A Quiet Place is 91 minutes long. So sure. it's approximately I, the same length, at least. I guess my movie. point was that they're making a sequel to it, and so sure. that is it overstaying its welcome. It's a great ninety-minute movie. Yeah, I have no problems with that movie. Totally, um, I, don't care for I have problems with the fact that there it is going to continue to exist. Fair I liked enough. it. I don't need another. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm not arguing in favor of a sequel. I'm just saying. I'm just. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying, man. Little, I'm just saying. Little, I'm just saying little, well, actually, man. for y'all. <laughs> little, little, well, actually. Did you know that a quiet place is part of the Cloverfield universe, though? What? <laughs> uh, whether <laughs> like, whether Wait, that's you true serious? or not. Oh, can it's... you edit the Wikipedia page to say that? Please? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Done. Done. Screenshot. It's real. It's real. It's on the internet. The internet can't yeah. lie. Good luck it's... editing this episode. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Thanks, yeah, you like, assholes. So there's just been like this movement of sensory movies, and especially mm-hmm. like Netflix. I feel like so Hush is a Netflix movie. Yep. I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's maybe one of the better Netflix movies I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Let's think about the Netflix horror oeuvre. <laughs> not good. It's they're, they're Gerald's not Game is Dece, but even then, that one's not very good. Good. Isn't Bird Box in that? Bird Box movie? is yep. fucking the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I didn't see I, it. Hate that movie. Apparently, Train to Busan is a Netflix movie. Oh, really? No. I, that might be distributed. Oh, by ha, 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 nope. You're. Yep. Yeah, let's edit that out. Uh, <laughs> that was you on Wikipedia. No, I'm just like. Uh, I typed Netflix. I meant to type Netflix original horror movies, but I just typed Netflix horror movies. Oh, like it's on Netflix. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, like right. the original ones. And Bird Box pisses me off so much. It's just stupid. And then, like, Don't Breathe is terrible. It's not a Netflix one. But so there was this, like, really bad run of sensory movies. And I just haven't seen a film get sensory deprivation right 
and work with that concept right. And maybe it's because they haven't hired any disabled actors or differently abled actors. And maybe if we got a differently abled actor in there or differently abled director, we'd get a really good sensory film. I think the only one that I've seen in a while that I do really love is Late Phases. That's the um, that one's so good. It's, Late Phases is great. Late Phases is my favorite. The Babysitter is also a Netflix horror movie, and I thought that movie. Oh, fucking that movie's ruled. fun. Yeah, Samara Weaving good. is in it as the babysitter, <laughs> and she's great in Ready or Not. Yeah, that movie's um, good. Let's see. Oh, the fucking perfection. Fuck <laughs> that movie. I'm Whoa, gonna do I hate that movie? <laughs> I. I'm just I just saw it on the queue and I was just thinking, you know, Allison Williams thinks she can do every horror movie now. I know. Yeah, but just because <laughs> she was in Get Out. Yep. And she was the least good part in Get Out. <laughs> yes. Accurate. Well, yeah, so I guess Which that's makes, she's, she's good in it, but she's the least good part. Yes. That's fair. Well, I guess that's hush. <laughs> um, <laughs> um why is this a horror movie? Home Invasion's a horror movie. Like Home Invasion's a, a classic horror. I mean, maybe the first genre, subgenre, Lois Weber movie, which we all need to go watch now. The what? The Lois Weber movie, Suspense. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally interested. I'm really. She yeah. also um, so she got kicked out of Hollywood because she made a movie about abortion. Nice. Well, in there like you go. 1910. Well, that would do it. I know I've said in the past that I think a horror movie is a movie that deals with, you know, a real world issue with fantastical elements. And I think um, that needs to be revised to deals with like a real world fear. And so everybody is fucking scared when they're alone in the house. That's and that's what, what home invasion like we've all been talking about like oh shit we need to hide knives here and like we're all talking about hiding knives around our house i know where all the, um, knives in our, I know where all the hammers in our house are yeah no Not there's, uh, there's baseball it. bats like oh yeah now we've <laughs> gone through the scenarios yeah and so um what's what's more like universal than being scared alone in a house so home invasion movie totally a horror movie i think that this movie is a horror movie Mostly because the killer has no motivation. Word. I think that's yeah. the most horrific aspect of it. I Again, that's like I the mean, fantastical part. Totally. Yeah. Like it's fantastical and also very real. You know, there's there are those people out there for sure that are just not not all right and are just going into the woods and killing for sport. You know, um, so that's terrifying and and yeah, I mean. Like I like I always say, the soapbox I'm always on is yeah, this shit could happen. Like this is fucking real and terrifying. Yeah. Horror. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I would agree. I think like I'm a big proponent of, you know, tell it to me with a metaphor. Um yeah. but there is something to be said for just tapping into that primal fear of like something that scares you. And home invasion it scares me i mean it doesn't scare me but i think about it quite often so it must frighten me (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and i think it's a concern yeah and i go back to what i said in the beginning of like you know this movie sparked james and i talking about like let's hide a knife here let's get a hammer how about that baseball bat um so it's 
something that we think about a lot and it, I guess it could happen and that makes it real that makes it frightening it kind of does like the fantasy thing in the opposite way whereas mm. that like this is a real horror for me but she is a writer in this movie and she is creating all these like um, narrative scenes like in her yeah. own mind she is creating the fantasy it's not necessarily like vampires mean STDs it's yeah just it's handled in a little bit of a different way and I actually think that's quite nice vampires mean STDs that's a great idea for a movie <laughs> <laughs> let's look into it sure I no think. one's done that before. No. Mm-hmm. uh yeah, I've been, I'm, I'm continuing to think of mm-hmm. my idea of horror as a language. Mm-hmm. And I think this kind of hits the notes like there's a power struggle rather than a power accumulation. Sure. Um, I, I feel like the being hunted part is like pretty fantastical and terrifying. And then um, it, it does a really good job of eliminating outside assistance. And, and it's very timely, right? Because that doesn't work anymore because... What all the simply safe ads I hear, it's like it works when your power goes out and FaceTime's <laughs> on cellular now, you know. So, like, those things don't work anymore, but it worked then, it worked then really well and really effortlessly. Um, and so one of the other things I've been thinking about now with this movie in kind of that horror language conversation is in these movies, um, violence escalates to normalcy because in the beginning right she's just so stressed out and doesn't know what to do and is so paralyzed in the end she's like i will shoot you with a crossbow like right you you get you get desperate and you also go from reactionary to like you know hyper planning i feel like in a lot of horror films um and so i think this movie did both of those things very well agreed yeah Nice. Also, I want to push back on Bird Box for a little bit because on it's Bird been, Box, okay, I <laughs> because it's been you bugging me. Go? You want to go? James's soapbox. Hop on up. Right, come on, let's do it. Okay. So that's why we have a podcast. There's a man. lot of things that are shitty about Bird Box. All of them. Uh, not all of them. All just of them. disclosure. I, I I have not watched that movie. Yeah, me so either. Go on. Tell right. me about it. Um, I think that one of the things that Bird Box does really well, um, is driving home better than I think it follows does or not fellow not it follows excuse me um a quiet place does I was gonna say ma- like those are fighting words <laughs> better so the I think that the as ill-defined and um as not self-consistent with their own rules as they are the monsters in bird box are fucking really well done in the movie sure with uh especially the very first uh, time you really encounter them with Sarah Paulson's character driving Sandra Bullock's character home from the hospital. And like, there's that whole sequence where everything goes to shit in an instant. And like, it has her, her eyes glaze over and she like sees shit that isn't there and wigs out. And that is a great conceit for a monster. And I think it that- It is a great conceit for a monster. Well, don't cut me off. <laughs> um. And I think that when they stick to that, the movie's great. There are a ton of but other... But they don't. Right. Then there's a ton of other shitty, all. problematic things about that movie. However, it's based on and something that's really interesting and executed well. It's someone who saw The Mist and was like, I can do that better. And True. then they did for 20 minutes and stopped. They didn't even... No. The Mist... They, the Mist? Well, like the monsters. The no. monsters that like come out of nowhere and like... Yes. 
And then well, that's the other thing. You also too. So, only get the monsters for like ten minutes, and then it goes to weird bullshit. Yeah, and no, the there's only, a ton the, of weird bullshit that doesn't matter. The only saving grace of that movie is John Malkovich. No, Sandra Bullock is terrible in that movie. Again, I have not seen this. I have nothing to add to this. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. This this discussion here. I think that the thing it's the if you. All of the other bullshit doesn't matter. Like the weird post-apocalyptic parts, the fact that like the whole like two thirds of the movie yeah, doesn't the whole, matter. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's a bad movie. Yeah, that part's bad, and I'm not arguing about two that part. Of, so hey guys, if two thirds of the movie of doesn't movies. matter, I, I would Perfect. posit that it's probably not a good so it's movie. Like and I am on the, the record as liking movies that are bad. I also like bad sure. movies. Oh, me too. This is not Same. However, a worth it movie. What makes this, you can turn it off after the first 30 minutes as far as I'm So it's like concerned. we're watching the first five minutes of The Hunger. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it's the first five minutes of The Hunger. It's not nearly that good, but <laughs> you're just watching the pilot of this TV show. Exactly. And then okay. cutting it, it off. It's the pilot of a TV show. The first 30 minutes are a great pilot of a TV show. And <laughs> the first, if you <laughs> Execute if you execute the the monsters like the monsters are fucking great like they're deeply personal everyone experiences them differently they reveal something about the character every time they encounter them that's fucking great the bird box is the best pilot to a television <laughs> show I've ever seen oh hey guys I just realized that this must be what it's like for people who listen to this podcast and never saw the movie. <laughs> Maybe. It's, Maybe it it's is. still entertaining. <laughs> Continue. We didn't give you a synopsis, though. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> no, okay. The synopsis doesn't matter. I don't need it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I got I all I needed it. about Maybe that we'll movie do right the here. Box. Maybe we'll do the first 30 minutes. We can do that. I don't want to get into like a shouting match with you because you hate this movie <laughs> oh, so, I so much. so much. I'll make a deal with you. We never do Bird Box, and I'll never bring in perfection. You can bring in the perfection if you want. I'm just not going to watch it again. <laughs> That's fair. You didn't have to. What if we do both of them and I just don't press record at either time? <laughs> How about that? Uh, so I hate Bird Box, um, but who is Hush for? Mm. I don't know, man. Take that. Hit it. <laughs> well, I think that Hush is a perfect date night movie. Aww. I know. It's suspenseful. It cuts to the chase. It lets ha, you... Cha, 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 cha. <laughs> it's not too yucky. It's not too gross, so it's like appropriate for any type of person who is gonna watch a horror movie, but maybe isn't like down for something like ugh, Eden Lake. Oh my god! But um, I don't having to see that hand at the end a bunch of times. Was oh, kind that of was pretty rough. Mentioned that. Yeah, that's yeah. that was that's, a really cool prosthetic. Yeah. There's some stuff in there, but it's like squealy it's not terrifying it's not Tense, Eden Lake sure. it's not yeah, it's Michael Fassbender no and cause like wrapped in barbed wire getting burned alive let's stop sorry let's or... never do Eden Lake and Ooh. just always do Eden Lake over episodes it'll be like our plot arc <laughs> yeah. if you listen to enough episodes of this yeah. you get a bonus episode exactly Lake. Yeah. we slowly it's tell one you piece Eden Lake every episode and you just have to because piece it together because I traumatized yourself. everyone in this room I don't even know who showed me that movie but you, I loved it. You picked it out. Just found uh, it out of the air. I was like, this one. Well, this movie, unlike Eden Lake, will allow you to chat and eat some popcorn. And you probably won't miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Uh, I think this movie is for archery enthusiasts. <laughs> yes. 
And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, also, fans of Battlestar Galactica who <laughs> want to see minor characters show up and get stabbed in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler I'm... alert. Yeah, I- I'm talking about Battlestar Galactica. You get stabbed in the neck on that show. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what are you? Uh, also uh... that. Anyways. <laughs> that's good for the pop screens, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they're there for. Um, I hadn't quite gotten all the way to date movie, but now that you say it, that's very correct. I feel like this movie is um, both for people who are really like horror movie weirdos who are really ready to see a good, strong final girl. But it's also a really good horror movie for people who don't particularly care for horror movies Mm -hmm. because it's not too yucky and there's enough like jump and enough things to keep your attention Though somehow it is very poorly rated, so yeah, a lot of people which don't like weirds this movie. me out. Um, I think you'll like this if you don't particularly care for horror movies. Yeah, I could see that. Like, it's definitely kind of a nice. It's not as so as home invasion movies go. It's definitely not as fucked up as most of the ones I can think of. So, if you want, if you're in, if that is like an interesting concept, great. Skip, you know. Well, I think I talked about them in um, Green Room. But, you know, skip them. Skip Funny Games. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> because those movies... We're never doing that one on the podcast. Oh, we're I'll never doing Funny what. Games? Mm, no, no. <laughs> I, that one has, like, one of the worst endings for me. It was so bad. I hated that so much. Did the you ending? watch it? The fucking... The the twist, yeah, yeah, the dumb twist, totally. Uh, just pressing rewind. Fuck off, fucking no. Michael Haneke. No, yeah. How come no. I don't remember this movie? I don't remember that part. Uh, you don't remember Michael where Bruce. the family like revolts and kills the the guys that are holding them hostage, or one of the guys, and then the other one picks up a TV remote and presses rewind, and the movie rewinds, and he is aware of this, and then kill like you know, and Prevent then the family doesn't. Happening. He prevents the other. Like brother or whatever from Maybe yeah. I close my eyes during that part. I don't. No, am I th- a, or am I thinking absolute... of the French one? Yeah. Well, well them is different. It is definitely goes down a lot differently. Them is the one where spoiler alert. Um, they turn out to be kids, and the end yeah. of the movie is they them f- getting on a bus. Also, off, you guys all yelled at me for saying spoiler last time. Okay, so <laughs> fuck every single one of you. All right. Well, I have Did to I say, say spoilers? I um have been messing with the idea of having Bone Tomahawk be my next movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I know where I'm closing my eyes. At Which least. I don't know if I could actually watch again. Yeah, yeah Bone Tomahawk's pretty harrowing. Oof. Because I didn't watch that part. That'll be a bonus. Oh, you didn't watch that part? No. And you want to inflict that shit on us? Well, I want to see if I can do it. (laughs) It fucked me up so bad. I heard it and it was bad. Really bad. Because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, That's going to be a bonus episode is where we just watch (laughs) the gross parts of movies. We don't even talk about the episode. The movies were just like, yes, the gross parts. This scene was so fucked up. I think we all have one. We have. Oh, I oh, got a few. Yeah. Then oh, yeah, I know Eden which one. Lake. Funny games. Funny <laughs> martyrs. Games. I was going to say Martyrs. Funny games, yeah, but yeah. yeah Mar- martyrs is that for me. I can't yeah. watch that movie. Yeah, yeah, martyrs would fuck you up <laughs> if you made you watch that. Oh, I can't watch that. <laughs> the French are brutal. Well, I guess we have to do those at some point now. Yeah. We just do a series. We just do all four in a row. <laughs> <laughs> They're all of our episodes, whichever one fucks us up. It's like maybe. Sweet. So it's, it's Eden Lake. 
Bone Tomahawk. Funny games. Funny games and martyrs. martyrs. Do you want to do it at like the Christ. coldest part of the winter? Just Oh, yeah. <laughs> at so- the highest peak of seasonal affective disorder. Like- yeah. Good, like after the holidays when we're all like really good and bummed out. Alternatively, if any of us like lose our job or yeah. something terrible happens yeah. to a family member, let's we watch just, these fucked up movies. You know, after the next presidential election. Yeah. <laughs> you just take your pick. Like, let's. God, can I just hibernate for 2020? This is not a political battle. Let's, yeah, let's pivot there. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's Wrong With Us. Listen, like, and subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at What's Wrong Pod, or on our website, What's Wrong With Us.xyz, for news and updates. For extras, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's wrong pod. And until next time, what's wrong with you? But wait, on the subject of like kind of outtake kind of thing, I did have a thing for this episode that just oh. came up because we were talking about Final Girls. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in talking about it, I, I don't necessarily have a list of Final Girls, you but need I, did to realize, I did realize that I... I do have my number one final girl. Who's your number one? Ellen Ripley. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. Weaver I was going to say the same from thing. From the Alien series. That's gonna... why we're fucking married. <laughs> oh. You know, she's also a Disney princess now. Yeah. 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 That's she's really my good. favorite Disney princess. Foxes. Yeah, totally. I don't even care. If oh, man. If everybody names their child Ripley, I will. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, name a girl child. Look at your wife. This makes good audio. Yes. My but elbows. yes, absolutely my number one final girl, mm-hmm. Ripley. Fuck totally. Yeah. We see that. Yeah. She's in my top five for sure. Yes, for totally. Sure. No, that's fair. She's probably number four. That's sure. I I mean, I think I, you guys definitely know, and I think everyone else that may have listened to all of the other episodes probably knows that I am not the, the horror buff in this group. Sure. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, but yeah, Ripley. Forever Never. and always.